0: 1, two, one three, four. Well, you're just you. And you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way because you're bloody lovely. You're also listening to the latest episode of Dimed Out, which if you're enjoying this, which you definitely are, because, well, why wouldn't you be? Then what you need to do is tell a friend, tell two friends if you have to, tell as many friends, as many as you've got. Tell them all about it. Share it on your social meds. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a heart. Give it a round of applause. Give it your undivided attention. Subscribe, rate, and review, and all those good things, because it's good for the soul. It's good for my soul, and it's good for the show's algorithm and mechanical digital gubbins, stuff like that. It helps us, basically. And when I say us, I mean us, me, you, and anybody else who's been foolish enough to even bother listening to this in the first place. I'm talking about all of us, because this isn't just about me for a change. This is not. A vehicle for me to gather and harvest and cultivate a sense of applause and praise, it's not me looking for compliments. I don't do dimed out as a vehicle for self-esteem. I do dimed out because I like doing dimed out in the true and accurate words of screen icon Robert Stack. You have to love the doing of what you're doing and not wait for the phone to ring, and even when the phone does ring. Don't bother answering it, because let's be honest, it's probably some sort of scam artist that, yes, admittedly does sound a little bit like a real human woman, but the closer you listen, it's obviously not. And they're telling you that loan that you never applied for, you know, the one that you never applied for. Well, congratulations, guess what? It's been approved and now you've got $10,000 waiting to be deposited into your bank account, which you can spend on whatever you want, presumably alcohol and snacks. A little bit particular, Robert. A little bit specific there. It's good to know that I'm not the only one getting these strange robocalls. Alright, so let's get into the episode. At the end of, or even at the start... Oh my god, I'm getting it all mixed up. At the start of last week's episode, I talked about how, although it has been a journey, and it's still a journey, into settling here and finding myself within this new space, the one thing that helps, that truly, genuinely helps is when you find other people who are completely open and sincere and just warm and welcoming and embracing. And that was very true for the context I put it in at the start of last week's episode. It's also very true for this episode because this week's guest is all of that and then some. So last year as uh, an attempt to help me integrate into my new space and surroundings, to help me form my identity here, to, I don't know, just help me build a foundation. And just because it was something fun for us to do together, me and my wife, who was referred to this by somebody, took an exercise class. I don't know why I put so much emphasis on exercise, but we took an outdoor exercise class called Camp Gladiator, which is tough, it's challenging, But it's also a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. And I don't know why I'm doing my radio pitch voice, because it's not even like it's a paid promotion. Which actually isn't. This isn't a paid promotion at all for Camp Gladiator, but... You know, I'm not above saying. If, uh... If anybody at CG in that department is listening, and you want to make something happen, all you have to do is just slip into my DMs, baby. Yeah... At I am Malfoster. Just wanted to break that down. At I am Malfoster. All and any business inquiries to to anyone. Yeah, not just CG. Anyone. I'm, I'm really not picky. Honestly. Anyway, while I was working, while I was working, whilst I was waiting for my work permit to be cleared and for me to be allowed to legally work, and whilst my wife was out at work, I started going to CG by myself. I found a location that was near to where we were. It was about 30 minutes there and back. And I was going about twice a week, maybe three times a week. If it wasn't baking hot. Yeah, which we're not even going to get into. Because there is a side tangent from which I will never escape. If I start talking about the weather here. We'll just be stuck there for days. So we're going to gloss over that. Anyway, two or three times a week. And I was going, and I was loving it, it felt like I was getting a sense of independence, I was really enjoying the exercises, but I think the reason I kept going back wasn't just so much the exercise or the independence, it was the group. Now, admittedly, some of you may be scratching your head at this, you you might just be a little bit bamboozled, because those of you who know me beyond a surface level have an understanding that I do have some sense of social anxiety, and that at times, and this may be a shocker to some of you, but at times... I can be a bit of a misanthrope. So yeah, you may be thinking the group. And all I have to say is, yeah, the group. It was a group of like-minded ladies who were genuine and warm and welcoming and embracing and just fun. And today's guest, Laboo, is one of, if not the cornerstone of that group dynamic. When I first started drawing up a list of potential guests for this show, she was definitely one of the first names on the list. And it's for a number of reasons which you're going to hear in this episode. She is intelligent, she's articulate, she's funny, she's smart, she's energetic. And more importantly, I think more than anything, she's sincere. She's sincerely herself. And that is something I just, as I talked about at the top of last week's episode, I love that. I love sincerity. Give me sincerity every day every time. And that's what you get with Laboo. And uh, yeah, you're going to hear that firsthand. I have to say that the first half of the conversation is pretty heavy because we're talking about heavy stuff, but we're talking about relevant stuff. We're talking about important stuff. We're having a conversation that needs to continue. We're talking about the racial divide in the country. We're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. We're talking about things that are essential conversations right now, even amongst all of the craziness with COVID. This is still an ongoing conversation that needs to progress, that needs to capitalize on the momentum and move towards things, real things, practical things that can make lasting change. So yeah, the first half of the conversation is pretty heavy. and It's pretty serious. And for the first half of the conversation, you will notice I'm pretty quiet throughout it. I'm not perhaps as engaging as, as I would be in other areas. And there's a reason for that. And that reason is simple but important and vital. Sometimes there is a time to talk
1: and sometimes there's a time to just listen.
0: Speaking of which, I'm now going to let you listen to my conversation with somebody who I'm absolutely thrilled agreed to do this and will definitely have on the show again at some point. This is me talking to laboo about a whole mix of stuff. Hope you enjoy it. I'm glad you've got some sort of silent of sanctuary that you can get to when the kids are asleep.
2: I have to, man, because uh, I go nuts, <laughs> and when the kids go to bed, that is my time to just relax, let you know just chill. Have me
0: time. That's your time. I was just going to say, that's your time. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you for agreeing to do this and for taking some of your time to sit and talk with me for a little bit.
2: Oh, I'd love to. I miss my mate.
0: You do. (laughs) (laughs) I miss you guys too. It's, it's been, it's been weird not having that part of I mean, it's been, it's an understatement to say it's been weird in general because obviously everyone's feeling the strangeness of, of having all the restrictions, but it's been weird not having that part of my life, you know. For me, that was, a, that was especially being relatively new, that was a big help for me. So mm-hmm. having that not be a part of, of my sort of weekly life is is a bit odd and a bit stressful at times, but, you know. Are you gonna come back to camp? Yeah, at, at some point. Yeah, absolutely. When uh, when my situation's a little bit better. I'm not currently employed at the minute. So um, okay. Yeah. So just kind of sort of tightening budgets and. I hear you, man. You know what we can. I hear you. The minute, so. you gotta cut corners somehow. Oh, for sure. But at some point, absolutely. Um, you know when. But when I can stuff, give
2: you a free code for June. Or may,
0: July. I may take that out. For like a
2: whole month, Malcolm. A whole month. So I'm going to send it to you as soon as this, this is done.
0: <laughs> what's it like at the minute in, in the midst of like, since it's returned back to to physical classes, what's it been like? The same, really. It's like we
2: picked up right where we left off. Okay. Really. really it's like we didn't skip a beat. Jenny, still on point everybody i mean yeah It now of course we're all apart from each other sure and we don't do high fives and stuff but it <laughs> as long as the community is there we're able still to fellowship i mean that's being in the house all day that's like
0: freedom that's mm-hmm. something that's vital especially to a stay-at-home mom oh i can imagine um I imagine that it's just, as you say, vital to sort of get out and have that break and and get you time in that sense as well, you know. Definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely. I was just going to say, you just reached 200 check-ins this week, right?
2: Yeah, but, you know, I really didn't want to celebrate it because Nicole sprung it on me. Uh You know, I thought I I was just going to pass 200 and really give my next 50 a good go. Because I really bullshitted the last 50. (laughs) There was really nothing to celebrate. I just kind of just bullshitted through, you know. So, but this time, when I get to 250, I'm going to give it all I have. There you go. I'm going to earn it. I'm going to earn it instead of bullshit. I'm going to earn it.
0: You say that, but that is something to celebrate, whether or not you have phoned it in or bullshit or whatever two hundred to to get up and go and do it. the actual motivation to go and do it and to, to to make yourself do it to you know that is something to be celebrated, whether or not you put in a hundred percent each time is is a, totally irrelevant. The fact that you've actually done it is something to You're celebrate right. you know what i mean it's because you think of how many people that you've encountered. I mean, I'm per speaking personally. How many people say they're going to do something and they never do it, but yet, yeah, true to see to see somebody get above their ass and go and do what they've said they're going to do is is something to celebrate. So absolutely, those two hundred are worth celebrating.
2: That is true. That is true. I shouldn't downplay it because it really does. I mean, I get a good sweat every time that I'm there and Mm -hmm. that helps my, my mental, my anxiety. It keeps my, you know, my heavy days, it keeps them light. Mm -hmm. So it's good to release those endorphins and feel good, sweat out those toxins too.
0: Absolutely. This is something I've found over the years is is that there's definitely a correlation between the two. I am always better mentally if I'm physically active, if I'm doing stuff, you know. Yep. And you put it in a really good way. It makes your heavy days lighter because it kind of digs in and and takes some of that sort of of mental and emotional burden off your shoulders a little bit because you feel like you've got out there and and done something and you've had agency over your own doing.
2: Yes. So it is very important to me. And I know when I don't go, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I can feel it. And so that's what really keeps me going, keeps me going back because I need it more just for not just for my
0: health, but for my mental health. I'm glad you you brought this up because I think this is something that gets overlooked a lot by people. Um, uh, Some people obviously are very attuned to it, but I think it's something that some people just don't really ever draw a comparison to. But the two definitely go hand in hand.
2: Yes, they do. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Man, I like your headphones, man. I wish I could have some like you. You're that's no, you're professional over there. Do they block out just now? You just hear my voice or what?
0: Yeah, they do. But the only problem with it is I have a tendency to not be able to realize how loud I'm talking. So sometimes I need to take one off because otherwise I end up just shouting <laughs> and it's way too loud on my end. That's my normal voice. I had... <laughs> On the topic of mental health, I want to ask you sincerely, how have you been the last few weeks with everything that's been going on? Because we're just, yeah, there's there's so much going on. And this is generally one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, is to, to, to check in with you and see how you're doing and how, and I mean, obviously I miss you and I miss you guys, but yeah. I just kind of wanted to see how things are going with you at the minute
2: well you know I appreciate you asking that I appreciate you asking um it's been it's been heavy I think it's been heavy for everybody
1: mm-hmm.
2: in light of what's going on in our country um it's just it's heavy for sure. and I can feel it especially with what happened with George Floyd mm-hmm. I think that was this has been a shift that is going on in our country and it's just it's sad to see some people not be on the same side of the coin as you are yeah and it's frustrating it is very very frustrating that people just don't understand the concept of what's going on in this country what's and it's racism racism all of it
0: for me personally, from what I've seen, it's a case of people not not seeing it, but there's a certain amount of people that just don't want to see it because the way things were before this shift has begun benefited a lot of people. But now, people uh, now there has been a shift. Now, now things are kind of, I, I want to say moving forward, because out of all the negativity, I think there has been positivity in the, in the amount of people mm-hmm. that are grouping together and, and actually seeing the problems that have existed for God knows how long. Um, but there are those that do see them, but just don't want to do anything to change it because it it ruins what things were, were going for them. Like life was good for a lot of people until a lot of this came about. Right. And and now it's upset their apple cart, and that's why I think you see so many people just belligerently, deliberately digging their heels in, and and coming up with a whole lot of counter bullshit.
2: Right, and they and and a lot of people don't want to take that, their that deep dive into their heart, you know, because that's where that needs to be that that's what needs to be fixed first, the heart, you know, and all of these Americans, I'm not going to say Americans, just people who. I don't know, Malcolm, I just say, you know, I don't want to say it and be so ugly about it because I know I'm so yeah. aggressive and I don't mean it in that kind of way, but I just feel that people have to look deep within themselves, you know, what they've learned, what they've been taught, you know, mm-hmm. the type of how they were brought up. A lot of people, they don't want to dive deep into that because they know they're going to lose a lot of other people on their side their parents or other white friends that believe mm-hmm. what they believe you know yeah. they don't want to be exposed so they keep quiet or they like you said ha- have their heels dug in and they're not going to
0: budge and this is, this is this is how i've perceived it is that you know the status quo for a lot of these people has been perfectly fine it's been a system and that's what it is it it is a system that, that runs deep through all old, old chasm's you know um, class economy racial divide that has benefited these people that just don't want to acknowledge what's happening.
2: Yeah, lack of education, lack of wanting, wanting to
0: know. Right, and that's a, that's a great point because you, you say about the things that they've learned, but it's also a case of the things that they haven't learned or been taught and the things that aren't being taught, period.
2: And those same people that talk about all that history are the same people that talk about fake news, fake news bullshit. But what's really fake news? It's what's in that watered down history books that we've been learning in. That's fake news. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But they don't want it. They don't. They don't want to uh, address that, or they don't believe that. You know what I mean? And so that's what it's. Yeah. It just it just pisses me off that they don't see it. They don't see. They just don't fucking see it, and it pisses me off.
0: The sad thing is, it's it's. It it is very much a problem in this country, but it's it's a problem all all over the place. You know, it's it's funny kind of seeing it from here, being here, but it's also funny seeing what's been happening back home in the UK and we're having the same thing. It's the same arguments from the same people over the same... Yeah. Yeah, because right at the moment, there's been a number of statues being taken down. There's been a lot of people talking about moving on from uh, sort of idolizing certain aspects of history and certain figures of history right. and, and people getting upset about their history being erased or deleted, which is just absolute bullshit because it's not. And it's a case of, well, you are being very selective with what history you wish to preserve and want to know right. about. So. Right. And so that's just that lack of education. They don't want to learn. They don't want
2: to see it, even though it's staring them right in the face. If they have, if it doesn't affect them personally, why, why change it? Why push them out of their comfort zones? You know, but that's what we, that's what we need is people to be pushed out their comfort zones because that's where growth is on the other side of those comfort zones is growth. On the other side of fear is growth. And a lot of people don't want to just take that first step. No. And that's just, that's just frustrating. It's hurtful. It's sad, it's disappointing, so yeah. But it is what it is.
0: Do you see at this point, moving forward, do you see that there is going to be growth from from what we're experiencing?
2: If people want to, Mm -hmm. if
0: people want it, it's all
2: individual. Just like that saying, if if you want to see a change, you have to be the change. It all starts with us. So as a collective, if we can all do that, in which a lot of people are, you know this shift this has awakened a lot of eyes and those lens that they used to see from have now been taken out and they're you know they're trying to learn they're trying to see it from you know the minority the black people's perspective you know learning reading talking to to, to them or their friends you know whatever but some people are going in that direction and just, there's just some people that are just going to stay in their Believe what they believe and that's their right. Mm-hmm. That's their right. But it doesn't help the situation and it's you know, it certainly doesn't help the next generation if we're not teaching our kids, you know, how to stand up for our brother, how to love thy neighbor as we love thyself. That is the golden rules, one of the golden rules in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And for some reason we're divided in that commandment and it's nuts. But we've been, you know, it's been that way. A lot of people say, you know, the system is broken. No, that's the way
0: the system has was built. Yeah. So I think that's the fundamental thing that a lot of people don't see or as we said, don't want to see is that it's been rigged from the start. It's not a case that it was going perfectly fine and it was smooth sailing for a couple of hundred years and then, oh shit, something broke. It's like, no, it, yeah. was, it was engineered to be the way it has been. And yes. we've got to a point where it's it's enough. Have you ever um, read the
2: book called The Willie Lynch? It's by Willie Lynch. It's the open letters about the slaves. I haven't, no. Well, he was a British slave owner
0: mm-hmm.
2: in the early 1700s, and he wrote a book on how to control a slave, how to take over their mind, take over... Everything. And it starts with, he says there's four things that you have to break down in a slave. And that distrust, that is honor, that is, there's two others. Hold on, I have to look it up. (laughs) But anyway, but what, what? basically he takes away their culture, takes away their language, takes away their religion. But he also turns them on each other. He gives certain light skinned black people more privileges so the black, the darker black people can feel more hatred toward their brother. He turns them against each other. You know, and it's still like that to this day. A lot of people say, you know, light light is better than dark. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I know, you know, my friends, the darker friends, they when they they have grown up, they were you know, isolated because they were a darker shade mm-hmm. than maybe their other friends or they were treated differently yeah. because of their... So, I mean, it all goes way, way, way back to... I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a book, a whole book on how to train a slave and all of it. I mean, it is hideous. Hideous. Yeah. And he taught these people. And that's just what we have now. Mm-hmm. The same type of mentality,
1: you know? So, yeah. It's kind of like
2: with my emotions and thought process, I'm just all all over the place with it. It's just, you
0: know, there's just so many emotions attached to it. So after we recorded the show, Labou was kind enough to offer point me in the direction of the Willie Lynch letter, the speech that he gave based on his book, on his theories. I I don't even want to give him credit to saying it's a theory. It's... Heavy doesn't justify what you find in his ideas. Sickening barely justifies it. You know, it's... It's unbelievable. It genuinely is unbelievable that this was... even an acceptable frame of mind at any given time in human history, and that such disregard for human life was so commonly accepted and applied in such horrendous fashions. The reason I'm interrupting the interview at this point to talk about this is, as I said, Boo was kind enough to point me in the direction of it, and I read it, and it was, it was, it was hard going. But like a lot of our history, as hard as it is to look at it, I think we need to. You know, especially those that have not been directly affected by it. Those of us who have not been oppressed throughout history need to look at what was done to those that were. Not only because it gives us a better understanding of what went before, but it gives us more specifically a better understanding of what is still occurring now. There is a key phrase in Willie Lynch's letter, his speech, in which it's leave the body, take the mind. And you know what immediately popped into my head when I read that? Was the so called journalist Laura Ingram's comment to LeBron James shut up and dribble. We may be removed from the extremities and the extreme violence that reared its head from that ethos, that way of thinking, but the nuances of it, the subtleties, the core aspects of it are still present in contemporary society. And as as tough as it is to read, it's something I think that it, I think is important to read. And so the reason I'm interrupting this is because I'm going to make this available. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for anybody that is interested in reading this, getting an idea of where Laboo's coming from when she's talking about this, and, and to, to see for yourself. I'm going to leave a link to a, a version of the Willie Lynch letter, and you can find that at dimed-out.com in the show notes for this episode. Why do you think now is the time that this shift is, is happening?
2: Well, I think, you know, it started with, you know, the bell has been ringing, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, systematic racism, all kinds of racism as in this country. The bell has been ringing. And so now people are just now listening. And I think it started with, Ahmaud Arbery and then a few weeks later was Breonna Mm -hmm. Taylor and then a few weeks later was George Floyd. So you had three black people that were murdered, you know, by white supremacists and there was, at first, nobody was being charged or nobody was in jail and that was, I think that was the tipping point. Those, all of those murders, back to back to back.
0: The the short succession of them,
2: with the, and with the same outcome. Yeah, and I think that has been that is that that's what's what started it.
0: It seems to have been that is is definitely from what I can see the core catalyst for it and I think with the current situation with people having more time it just seems like it's been a perfect storm of of these horrible incidents and this containment that everybody's been within and and then of course it's just sort of sprung from there when you've seen the the police reaction in terms of protests and it's just kind of fueled more and more
2: I mean, all these three incidents, you're just reminded of everything else that we have seen in this country. You know, all those mm-hmm. other headlines that the news, you know, the things that we've seen before, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, uh, Tamir Rice, Alton Sterling, you know, it's just like, geez, I mean, we can go further than that, you know? And it's like- Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now is the time to change. Either you're with with- us or you're against us, and so I think you see that invisible line that has been drawn in this country. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's it is, it is way overdue. And you know, as I say, amongst all of the all of the awfulness and and the the horrendous scenes that we've seen, and and like murder, you know, despicable acts of murder and despicable abuses of power and authority right right despite all of despite all of that we we've seen as you say a shift and i think that's the best way to put it because it does feel like it's a shift it feels like it's a shift of public consciousness it feels like it's a shift of people's expectations um that there needs to be needs to be more done in terms of justice but also just expectation Mm -hmm. of the people that surround us, you know, whether that be family or friends, neighbors uh, or people within uh, positions of authority, it feels like we've finally broke through uh, or most people have finally broke through and, and realized that there needs to be better. Oh definitely, definitely. there are some people
2: mm-hmm. that feel that way, and sadly there's other people that are like, uh, it don 't affect me, it's never affect me, so I'm fine with it. All lives matter." That's,
0: that's that is the go to um and that
2: I hate it I hate that saying how can how can all lives matter if black
0: lives do not matter
2: in this country
0: exactly and what gets me is that it's put out there as some sort of pseudo humanitarian response as if that's supposed to be like a rallying cry for like we should treat all people equal it's like well yes of course but we're not and that's the point
2: right and they just have those that lens on and they will keep it on and that's fine that's fine
0: you know how to act accordingly with those people this is this is what i was actually wanting to ask so uh, there are people that are not and I've come to this conclusion because, believe me, I've, I've had my fights, I've had my arguments with people, I've tried to persuade people, I'm always open for discourse. And, you know, if you can talk to people, that's the key. It is, is centred in education and learning and, and the hope that people can put their hand up and be like, oh, yeah, I fucked up, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and there are, there are some people that can be talked to, there are some people that will listen. And that's the key word I think that we, we need moving forward is, is to listen. But there are some people that just refuse to. So how do you go about that situation if you encounter somebody? Do you presumably you can kind of root out people that are just lost causes and you're just like, I'm wasting my time? Or are you just are you ever hopeful that you can you can sort of reach everybody? Uh uh. I can't reach nobody. <laughs>
2: No, 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 no. I can just if I know what side of the coin you're on, I know how to act accordingly. You know, if mm-hmm. I I'm I cannot persuade you or anybody why my husband and why my sons why they matter, why they're why they matter. If I have to persuade you, then that's just crazy to me. You know, so mm-hmm. if I know how you are, I just act accordingly. you know. I will not treat anybody differently, of course, but yeah,
0: you just won't waste your time no with people
2: i no I can just yeah. use uh Facebook as a platform, and you know mm-hmm. if it if they see a video or read an article that inspires them to you know dig deep within themselves or dig deep in whatever it is that they solve, then great, you know? But for the most part, I don't know. I'm just really confused about really all of it. Um, Yeah. I just, I just treat people accordingly. Really, Malcolm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to go. I think that's that's the way to be like I say. I I the ever optimist in me wants to believe that that people can be Yeah. Reached.
2: I mean, I tried. I have tried having these conversations, but white privilege is just they can't see past that. They can't see past their mm. how they were brought up, how they were taught, how they you know just they they, they can't move past their lens. And it is so frustrating because the mo- one thing that I start with is, do you understand why Colin Kaepernick took a knee? And if they say no, it's like, you, you don't get it. You After all this time, you still mm-hmm. don't get it. Then damn, what else is it going to have? What else do you, what else do you need? What else do you want? No, I don't understand why he took a knee. What? How can you not? how can you not understand why he took a knee for the racism that is in this country? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the bottom line. And you think it's because he's disrespecting the flag that what he's disrespecting the veterans. He's disrespecting that, you know, the military. No, see you criticized his how, instead of listening to his why. And you saw what you wanted to see. If you would done the research, they would have found out that he met with over 100 veterans because he didn't want to disrespect them. And they told him the best way to do it is to take a knee. Mm-hmm. Take a knee. Yeah. Now, if he would have rallied on the corner street peacefully, they would have had a problem with that, too. It's a no-win situation because they refuse to see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just and so that right there, it I get so upset. Like, how can you not understand why he didn't? I don't get it. And then it falls back Mm to you know, politics, religion, they don't mix, especially in any type of relationship. No. But in this instance, politics and what's going on in our country go hand in hand. You have a leader that is promoted, nothing but white supremacy, and racial division for the last three and a half years. Every subversive message that he talks, we know when he talks, his base knows exactly what he's talking about through his subversive messages. They know it. When he wor- when he uses things like sl- thugs, aliens, kung fu flu, mm. he knows, they know exactly what they mean, what it means. And I guess we're ju- The other half is just too stupid to read in between the lines, but we know. And so that's another confusing component to this is how can you be a Trump supporter and still stand or still believe Black Lives Matter? How? And nobody has yet to answer my question, because to me, it's like you can say the Holocaust was horrible, speak badly of it. But yet, if you're still supporting Hitler, aren't you contradicting yourself? Yeah. I don't understand that. The Germans will talk about how he liberated them, how he did all sorts of stuff, but in that same breath, denounce the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. It's just, and that's what I think. Trump is the modern day Hitler. And those camps is where he got all the Mexicans at. They got them caged up. That is the modern day concentration camp.
0: It is it is remarkable um the, the the totalitarian attitude people have that they have bought so wholesale into everything, yet a lot of it doesn't actually benefit them. If you know what I mean. It, for example, the, the, the thing that I really struggle with are people from uh, lower income. Households and people beneath a certain tax bracket who vehemently support him with the idea that he cares about them, and he doesn't and yet oh yeah, they still they,
2: they fall on that white that they they fall into that white supremacy pyramid, you know that same mentality, you know it doesn't have to be just white it could be if you just have that mentality, you just fall in the, there's this pyramid there you fall in that pyramid somewhere Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know so if you think you know you have the radical racist who's out there doing violence and stuff and then at the very bottom you have them silent motherfuckers Malcolm them silent ones and those are the ones you got to be careful for because you don't know where they stand
0: that's the point. Do you do you find that, like, the people that are being... Because I've noticed this. I've noticed a lot of people are saying nothing at all.
2: Because they don't want to offend... Now, this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh-huh. They don't want to offend their family or their other white friends that may have the same values and beliefs as they do. Yeah. And so... You, <sighs> you know to be honest in my 38 years of living this has been the first set i've never hung out with this many white people in my life like this hanging out yeah. you know doing things in my life it's always been black majority black and mexicans in high school of course i hung out with everybody but my group group of friends were my black friends. That was my, my, my crowd. Mm -hmm. And so this is the first time that I've ever had white friends, a big group of white friends. And it's, I see why when Trump was being elected in 2016, when he was running, I see why people stopped talking. People, relationships went to the wayside because you found out, damn, you really don't care about black lives. Do you,
1: mm.
2: you know, all you, you know, so you, 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 you kind of see that and it has been an eye opener.
0: It's been an eye opener. Oh, for sure. I can, I can imagine. But it,
2: it's them silent ones that you, you always got to be careful for because you don't know where they stand. And right now silence is betrayal to me. Either you're going to be so against racism or you you're gonna stand up against it, or you just going to bitch up and not say anything because you're scared of what who you're gonna offend. It has to do with fear. Fear for whatever reason.
0: if if you want to shift gears for a second, um, I remember you told me a while back that you spent some time in Germany. Mm -hmm. You you and your family were stationed over there, yeah? Yes. How did you find that? Like, how long were you there for and how did you find Europe as a whole? I'm curious because I'm still myself getting used to being on this side of the Atlantic, so it's kind of interesting to get the reverse perspective.
2: We... We were there for 10 years. My dad was stationed there for 10 oh, years. Okay. And so we moved to different uh, cities in Germany. Mm-hmm. We first started off in Wiesbaden. And then we went to Fulda, Schweinfurt, Bamberg. Not all in this order. Mm-hmm. Bad kids again. Yeah, we lived in all these little t- uh, cities. And it was beautiful. I I loved it. I loved the the culture there. I love the food. I loved Christmas time because Christmas time, everything is lit up. Yeah. They decorate it. So, I mean, it, it just feels like a, a Hallmark movie when you're walking through downtown, <laughs> everything is lit up. You know, you have Christmas trees and the open window and the, you know, the windows and all types of decorations. We have people outside singing carols, you have, you know, drinking beer over here. Well, I always drink beer. But um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved going to school over there. I didn't go to a German school. I went to a military school. Okay. Well, not a military school. It's called Dodd. It was for, you know, kids whose parents were in the military. Yeah. And so I loved it. I mean, the only thing about being in the military and, you know, living is you can't make friends for too long because you're always moving. Yeah, you know, so keeping track with friends, that's always hard. But um, I loved it. My dad was so adamant about traveling Mm -hmm. and taking us places. So even though my brother and I hated it, then we would go to all these castles like the new Schwanstein Castle. And that's the main one that I really remember. But we went to so many and me and my brother hated it. <laughs> but now when I look back, I appreciate it. Right. I remember hiking up and I remember the tours and I remember seeing all of these magnificent things and hearing about the history. We went to Dracula's, uh, um, where he was buried. What? Dracula. Yeah, we have a picture of it. We have a picture crazy. of it. We've been to Berlin, uh, Paris. We I've been on top of the Eiffel Tower, Rome, um, Australia. No, not Australia. Uh, Austria, mm-hmm. Switzerland. Uh, yeah, we. I've been a Euro Disney. <laughs> um, so yeah, we traveled a lot. We Poland, Czechoslovakia. Yeah, we went to a lot of places. We traveled a lot.
0: Man, it sounds like you covered a, a whole lot of ground in Europe.
2: We sure did. And we and well, my mom, I can't say we, my mom has a whole lot of China from Poland. She has the grandfather clock and the shrunk that she got mm-hmm. from uh, Germany. I mean, everything in her house, furniture-wise, curio cabinets and shrunks and stuff come from Germany and they've lasted at least 40 years. Yeah, And wow. they just traveled with us. And so, yeah, we have a lot of history in our home, <laughs> in my mom's home, I should say.
0: You you bring up a good point, and it's something I, I'm kind of realizing a little bit more now, is is there are things that you'd experience and do as a kid, and uh, or when you're younger even, like not, not even necessarily a kid, that you just don't think anything of, or you just think, oh, this is, this is awful, or why are we doing this? Yeah, or this is boring. Right. But when you're older, you kind of, there's that thing of, Oh, I wish I had the mindset I do now, so I could take in everything when I was there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a
2: moment when I was watching. This was years ago. Um, I love the show Amazing Race, and one of the challenges is they had to run through the new Schwan- the, the Neuschwanstein Castle, and you know do stuff like that. But when they when they showed where they were at, I'm like, oh, I've been there. And as soon as I seen it, like everything, every memory came to my head. I called my mom. I was like, oh my God, guess what? I've seen, you know, I told her the story. I said, I saw the castle we went to. I remember. And it was awesome. It was just awesome. And it was a real like, man, I'm 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 fortunate. I'm grateful that I went, even though I didn't want to, and my dad made me, but <laughs> or made us, but it was great. It was great.
0: It's it's funny this is something I've also been thinking about is is that what you've just said about having memories basically unlocked it's like I find now presumably there is some sort of neurological reasoning behind this but so many memories my memory is pretty bad but I have so many of them stored in there somewhere mm-hmm. And it takes just one thing. It can be just somebody saying a word or seeing something pop up on TV, and it's just a like smell. right. And it's just like someone's opened up a drawer in the archive, and it's just like, oh my god, yes, those That's things. That's perfect. Yeah, and it's nice because it's kind of like a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, okay,
2: yeah, I remember that. Like that little light bulb goes off. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and all those memories come flooding back. It's it's great. yes have you toured have you been to Germany?
0: When I was younger, yeah, when I was um when I was at school we did like a European trip where we went to Paris, we went to Berlin, uh we went to Prague in Czechoslovakia and we went to um Krakow in Poland. Um so, yeah, we did a few places in, in Europe. But when I, was, when I was a little kid, when I was about two or three, we went to Austria. And honestly, I don't remember anything about it other than getting the giant <laughs> pencil from the gift shop.
2: <laughs> That's um, all you remember from Austria, the giant it, pencil.
0: Giant pencil, yeah, of all the things. It's
2: etched in your mind. So every time you see a giant pencil, that mm-hmm. little file back there in your head is going to pull out and you're going to be <laughs> like, oh, Austria. I'm in Austria. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Uh okay. huh. When, when I was a kid, I went to. You mentioned Euro Disney. I went to Euro Disney when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I, I was terrified of it. Really? Yeah. Like for some reason, I was really. You know the the people that dress up as mascots, like yes. different Disney characters. They just scared the shit out of me for some reason as a kid. Uh, and the, the wow. weird one was Chip and Dale. That's the the two that just terrified me as a kid. Uh, yeah, they probably the most friendliest mascots and characters in the whole park. <laughs> but I'm just like, no, get them away from me. Oh, I hated him?
2: <laughs> Chippendale's harmless.
0: Oh, I know now. But yeah,
2: you're not alone in that because, hey, there's a lot of kids. My kid, Josiah, doesn't like uh, that either. Yeah. Mascots or, you know, when, I, when we took him to Chuck E. Cheese for Audrey's birthday, you know, there's a guy that dresses up like a mouse and... He was fine seeing it from afar, but don't, he can't come that's, up to him. Don't try to give him a high five, nothing.
1: Yeah. And I don't it. know
2: why those damn mascots, when you see the fear in the <laughs> kid's eyes of you walking close to them, instead of trying to bent their ass down and be like, hey, you know, or whatever, trying to give them a high five or a hug, take a picture, back the fuck up. You see it. And where is the mom in all this? I'd be like, say, sir, you're going to see my my baby's having a breakdown. You're going to have to back the fuck up. We don't need this picture. That's okay. We'll Photoshop this in. Just stay your distance. Yeah. But have you noticed that? They always want to approach you. They always want to approach the kid who's scared.
0: Maybe. I- Maybe it's because on a daily basis they deal with this and it's them trying to sort of break through the barrier and be like, okay, today's the day. I'm not going to have a child scream at me in fear. And this is the, this is the one.
2: And can you imagine if Chip and Jill woke up that, and thought that, that day that you <laughs> came there and they decided to take a picture with you right in the middle, just squeezing your ass? <laughs> a Chip and Dale sandwich, you right in the middle. Can you imagine the fear that would be going through your body? You would have to leave because you would probably piss yourself.
0: I think it's the scale. Because as you say, when, you see them, when, when kids see them from afar, they're not that big. But as they get tall, it's just the abnormal size difference. And yeah, it's so like it, fucking Sasquatch coming towards <laughs> you. Can you imagine we're walking and camping
2: and stuff like that? And all of a sudden we see Sasquatches cross our path? Oh, hell no. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, it's scary. They're big. They're hairy. They look funny. They don't look animated.
0: No, exactly. They don't, because they're in person as well. Right.
2: And then half the time, the damn motherfuckers don't talk. Now, Mickey Mouse was not a mute. (laughs) Chippendale is not a mute. Pooh is not mute. But for some reason, these guys don't talk. And that's what also throws these kids off. They want to hear... Oh, toodles or something! Do something!
0: Instead, they just get really awkward hand yes. gestures. And, they and want to just...
2: dance, <laughs> high five, take the most awkward hug. You know. Mm-mm.
0: Outside of Euro Disney, obviously, and Dracula's Grave, obviously, Uh where else in Europe would you say it would be? Like, if you had to pick somewhere as a favorite spot that you've visited in Europe, somewhere that stands out?
2: I'll say the Eiffel Tower, Paris. Okay. Um, I remember getting off the elevator and uh-huh. my legs instantly started to shake. Instantly, because I was so high up. My legs were shaking. I couldn't even walk. And I remember that so vividly, but we were so high up. And it was, but it was gorgeous. I stayed back. I didn't go too far up to the rail
1: because
2: mm-hmm. my legs couldn't take it. But that's what I remember. I mean, that's what I—that was my favorite place—was Paris and going up to the Eiffel Tower. Nice. Would you ever go back? Hell, not now. No. Uh. Not now, Malcolm. Why? Why is that? Who? it's just, I don't know, times are crazy. It's not how it was. It just, I don't know. When you were a kid, things were a little simpler back then, mm-hmm. you know, now for one, I'm not going to be on the plane for 13, 16 hours if I don't have to, Yeah. you know, and so that. one thing. And two, yeah. I, it's just more fear of anything, you know, you of what could happen, but that's, That's something that I can easily get over because shit happens everywhere. But you just Mm. hear all these terrorist attacks here in France and, you know, all these places. It was like, oh, forget that. I'll just stay home. I'll just stay here in Texas. Do you want to go back?
0: Yeah, at some point. um, I was supposed to go back this summer. That was supposed to be like part of um, what I was going to be doing this year. But uh, obviously that isn't happening. So. No, no. Well, you you can postpone it. Yeah, this is the thing, and you know, for for a short period, I was I was kind of a bit down about that because it was something I was looking forward to. Um, but you know, it's it's something that will happen um, at some point. I'm just you know trying not to dwell on it at the minute, or, or trying uh, at the moment. I'm trying not to dwell on things I can't do anything about, things that I can't change, and instead I'm trying to put more energy into things that I can change and things that I can do and kind of help along you know I mean that's like the serenity prayer what's that the serenity
2: prayer hold on I'm gonna have to read it to you because I don't know it by heart but I do want it it's not that long but you should read every day okay kind of like a mantra okay it says God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's
2: it. That's it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, as you say, a mantra, it's a good mantra to have, I guess.
2: They, um, well, from what I've heard, they say it a lot in like AA meetings and Mm -hmm. uh, grief meetings and things like that, grief counseling and things like that. I can Mm
0: -hmm. see how, I can see how that would kind of weave its its way into the fabric of their outlook. You know, I can see how that Mm -hmm. would be a good tool for people that are going through stuff like that.
2: Words are powerful. You got to speak it out into the world so they can come back to you.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's actually something that's that's really interested me. Of, of like, is is the power of words and and the power of the language that we choose, you know, and and the words that we we use to other people, obviously, but the words that we use to ourselves. So mm-hmm. in, and it's little things, you know, even like noticing and knowing the difference between need and want. I think yeah. if any if anything, this this whole pandemic. Has, has really hopefully and again this is the eternal optimist to me has made people realize that there is a difference between need and want you know it's kind of mm-hmm. made people again hopefully realize that the things that they think they need they don't they just want them and the things they actually need have far more value and weight to it
2: that is true yeah. that's what my husband would agree with I agree with you my husband would agree with you too because he says I spent all his money <laughs>
0: No, but you do. You do bring up a a really good point. The words do have power, you know. And and if you think about them, and and you kind of really look into what they actually mean, and how they can be applied to different things, they can make a huge difference, you know, to to you and to people around you. Um, I'm wearing. I don't know if you can see. I'm wearing a T-shirt. It's for a band called Idols, who I like. Uh But the album title um, is called Joy as an Act of Resistance. And that's kind of become a mantra for me in the last year and a half. The idea that, uh, and again, kind of feeding back into what we were talking about, the people that can't be changed, that, that just won't listen, that won't be susceptible or even like open to hearing a different side of the story they've believed. Instead uh-huh. of getting angry with them or, or trying so hard to convince them otherwise. The, the the resistance comes in in putting your energy and focus into doing something positive, into a form of joy, whether that's encouraging, empowering somebody else uh, or, or sort of supporting somebody that will listen or somebody that's on your side or doing something right. that's going to benefit you and those around you. And that's something that I'm trying to kind of sort of fit more into my life now. But yeah, I think that that's a mantra that I've adapted. Um, And and I think it's been helpful a lot lately. That's good. That's good, Malcolm.
2: That's a good one to have. It is. Keep professing it. Keep releasing it. Keep releasing it. Keep releasing it. What else? What what other mantras do you have?
0: It's a good question. Um, Other mantras. So there's one. It's like an acronym. It's D-D-F-H. It stands for do dope, fuck hope.
2: Do dope? wait do dope and fuck hope
0: yeah now explain all right so the origin of this comes from a hip-hop duo called run the jewels who i love very very dearly um killer mike and lp and the the track is basically the 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 origin point is talking about how we become so reliant on medicine and and pharmaceuticals and how as a civilization we are over medicated and under educated and the idea is that to, to solve our ills and our problems, the, the first line of, of attack is medicine in every sense. And sometimes that's necessary, but sometimes it's not. And it, it's, it's a big sort of boost towards pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the original meaning of it, is, is how dependent we have become on chemical solutions for everything. But for me, I kind of took it a different way and spun it in the way that instead of just hoping for things to be better, instead of just wishing for things to change, do it yourself. Be proactive. Get out there and and as you say before, be the. If, what was it to see Be the, the
2: change tra- you want to see in the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's basically a spin on that. So don't just sit there with your hands out, hoping things are going to get better for you. By all means, have that that intent, that mental thought, that sort of process, but also know that you have to do some work yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that summed it up right
2: there, brother. Yeah. Summed it up. You made it come full circle, Malcolm. I like how you did that. I like how you did that. That was great. That was great. That was the ending point. You had that memorized. (laughs) <laughs> Let me find out. Okay. I see what you did there. You made it come full circle. It hit me. It hit me. I got it. I saw it. I like that. I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. I'm,
0: g- I'm glad my work doesn't go underappreciated.
2: You are a true podcaster. <laughs> you are my favorite.
0: I'm a pro. What can I tell you? You are a pro. That's
2: right. Speaking. This ain't amateur hour. That's right. Yeah. This ain't rookie hour. You ain't you know, I ain't messing with a rookie? Tell him Malcolm I am not a rookie.
0: I ain't no damn rookie. That's
2: right, motherfucker This ain't my
0: first rodeo.
2: Yeah, that's right. And you gotta put motherfucker at the end of it because that meant that's like the period. The exclamation mark.
0: This ain't my first rodeo, motherfucker. So there you go. That was my conversation with Laboo. It was fun. It was informative. And it was an absolute delight to have her on the show. I'm so pleased she said yes. And hopefully she's going to say yes again to come back on the show at some point in the future. Speaking of the future, next week we hit our very first milestone episode. We're into double digits with episode 10. And to make it special, to make it a special occasion, I'm going to have another special guest. This one. It's a little bit more special than any other guest could possibly be, because it's my mum. That's right, harnessing the power of the internet, she's going to be dialing in from Cumbria in the UK, and she's going to be sitting down to talk with me for episode 10. We're going to be playing a round of Big Talk, which is a series of big universal life questions. So, God knows what the answers are going to be. Yeah, I haven't a clue. I don't know how that episode is going to come out yet, but I am very much looking forward to recording it, sitting down with her and asking some big universal life questions and uh, seeing what happens. Yeah. But before we get there, before we reach the milestone of episode 10, if you've enjoyed the previous nine episodes that we've had so far, you can do a number of things to help support the show and help it grow bigger and stronger and faster and and sexier. Yeah. There's a number of things you can do. First and foremost, if you haven't, you can subscribe via whatever platform you get your podcasts from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Deezer, Dodgy John's Podcast, Emporium, wherever you get your pods. If there's a subscribe function, which there should be because it's not really worth its salt if there isn't, let's be honest. If there is a subscribe feature, do it. Subscribe. Click the button. That way... You are not only helping support the show, but you are taking out the legwork for yourself, so everybody wins. Secondly, if you can, give us a rating and a review. Now, I know that this is primarily done on Apple Podcasts, but if it is also a function on other services that you use, then feel free to do that. But if not, and even if you're not using Apple Podcasts, a rating and a review goes a long way. So even if you found at least like two and a half minutes of this enjoyable... You could, like, I don't know, what, what would that equate? Maybe two stars? I think at the very least this is a two-star show. At the very least. Maybe three on a good day. But whatever. If you've enjoyed the show, a rating and review makes a huge difference. A third thing that you can do is just be active. Follow me over on Twitter at I am Foster. Get in touch with me. Tell me what you like about the show, what you are not particularly liking, if there's something you would like to change maybe with the format, maybe with something else, whatever it is. If you've got feedback or you just want to say, hey, really like the episode, then get involved, get active, let me know and uh, do that. Also on the Facebook page, just search in Facebook, uh, Dime out. you find us, it's relatively straightforward and you are smart people, so I don't need to explain in too much detail. But yeah, if you like the show, you want to contribute stuff, you want to kind of help shape where we go from here, that's the best way to do it, get involved, get active. And the fourth, but by no means least, thing that you can do, in fact, is probably the most active, helpful thing that you can do, is tell somebody. If you enjoy the show, tell someone about it. If there's a particular episode you know somebody would care to listen to, point them in its direction. Word of mouth, sincerely, goes a long way, and it is a major driving force that can help this show grow and become bigger and better and, as I said, sexier. So, yeah, plenty of things that you can do to help, plenty of things to get involved with. If you haven't checked out the website, do so. It's com. You can find all the episodes on there, plus a bunch of other stuff. I've opened up the blog. I'm doing little additional videos. All sorts of stuff is going on. We're growing gradually, and it's very much with your help and support. So for those of you who have helped and supported so far, sincerely, thank you. And I'm doing the little hands together emoji right now in real life. IRL, Um, but yeah, sincerely, thank you for your support, thank you for constantly listening, for those that do, I still wonder why, but hey, you know, it is appreciated, sincerely, it is, Uh, as always, thank you for listening, until next time, when we do reach that monumentous milestone episode, and you can hear me talking a bunch of nonsense with my own mother, look after yourselves, look after each other, and keep it dimed out.